this, this morning I was just um, sitting, having my morning cup of coffee and enjoying the, you know, just a, a little bit of peace and quiet and, time, you know, time with the Lord. And, you know, as I was sitting there, you know, was, um, the Lord was bringing to me the scripture in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, in the 10th verse, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. And I was, um, as I was sitting there, you know, I'm sitting there in my uh, room looking out, and there's all the snow and other things, and I'm all nice and cozy and warm and enjoying my coffee. And even though sometimes I have to go out in the cold and everything, I have the comfort of knowing that I still have a warm home that I'm going to be able to go back to. And as a Christian, you know, that is us. We, say, we face things in the world. We're not, um, we're, you know, we're not, we, we can't get away from it 100%. We, get, we, do it, we are affected by the world at times. But we have the confidence. We have a strong tower, a warm place, a, com- a, a place of comfort and joy and safety that we can always run back to, and we will, can run to him, and we can be safe, and we can find that area of peace where we can sit and have our cup of coffee and look out and say, I know it's cold out there. I know that it's going to be out there when I get, have to go out in it. But right now, I'm just enjoying the presence of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. That's kind of how I feel right now. Some of us might not have a home. Maybe this is our home. We get to come in here and feel the presence of the Lord every, you know, every time. Here's the house of the Lord. He's got a house for us to come home to. I'm just feeling, I just want to sit and enjoy his presence right now. <laughs> I just appreciate everything that he's been doing right in our midst um, while we've gathered together in unity and in oneness and to just come. I love that last song, and we just give him all the glory. We give him all the praise. And I just want to say again, he, he shall reign forever and ever and ever, world without end, forever, into the eons. We can't comprehend that, but it's forever. I just felt him in our midst doing so many things. I felt him melting. Um, I saw the word offense like an iceberg. It was all craggly, and it was so huge, and, and, and I saw it in the spirit, and I saw the presence of the Lord melting it, melting it, reconciling, reconciling our hearts to him, and letting it go. We can, you know, <laughs> to take the iceberg of offense with you, that is, that's a lot. Lonnie and I have been to Alaska and seen the real icebergs. Those glaciers, I mean, and you know, we try to hide it, don't we? When there's a fence, we try to hide it. So that, did you know that some of the icebergs, you just see a little thing on the top, just breaking the water, and there's this giant down under there. That's what I mean by hiding it. You know, you you wouldn't know how big that thing is. But I saw God doing it, because nothing's worth it. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. There's no mountain too high. No, nothing. 
Nothing can separate us from the love. Even if you're dragging an iceberg. Bad days. God has a plan. I just felt the anointing in your words this morning, Lonnie. His plan, his story. It will be fulfilled. And he shall reign forever and ever. And he can reign over your heart. See, see, we think of a king on a throne somewhere, you know, with all the red velvet drapes and the long, you know, the thing he might be wearing. And But that throne is in your heart. There is this giant throne in the universe, but the throne is in your heart. Let him reign there. Let him sit there. If you've been sitting on that throne and directing your own life, just vacate the spot and say, come on in. Come in and sit down. We give you all the glory. Take your place. Well, here we come to the last Sunday before Christmas. And I don't know about you, but life has been busy. But something about all the Christmas stories have meant so much to me. I see so much in these stories, and I've been reading them. I've been preaching on Sundays for years and, and having parties with Jesus and having coffee with Jesus, you know, uh, and talking about the Word of God that tells us what was occurring. I've learned so much. He's taught me so much over the years. And I'm like, what do you want to talk about today? We could talk about a lot of things. We could repeat things. But I've been telling you over these past four weeks, we are right now in a season, the world might call it the Christmas season or the holiday season. But right now, spiritually, we, since the Feast of Tabernacles, have been in a season of a spiritual opening. It's like there is a portal open in heaven. Okay, It's like a window, a gigantic door, whatever you want to call it. And we see that in the story, as we read the the accounts of um, the Apostle Matthew. He tells the Christmas story. If you don't know where to find it, just go to Matthew. Start with chapter 1. He has his version. And then go to Luke. They are the two disciples that told us. And they said they wanted to study it, that many people had been writing about Jesus and the story that had happened. But Luke, he was a physician. He was a doctor. And he said, I, I wa- I'm writing this down so you know exactly what happened. And I I want you to know all these details that were involved. And so when you combine the two stories and how they shared it, we find out so much. And there are so many perspectives. There are also, in the Living Word Ministry, some of the students, they write stories about the birth of Jesus. And I go, give me any perspective you want. And some of them wrote as if they were journalists and they were, had, were on scene of a news scene. Um, but one time, one student wrote, wrote it from a perspective that they were the swaddling claws, the swaddling wrap that Mary wrapped Jesus in. And this blanket was talking. I mean, when you're writing, it's creative writing, but it was a perspective of how it felt 
to be the swaddling cloth, strips of cloth that she brought with her, and to wrap around the Son of the living God, the Messiah. How it felt to rest in a manger. How it felt to have be closed and touch the skin of this newborn baby. How it felt to be embracing the Son of God, but also having Mary embrace him as she was holding him in these clothes. It was a very interesting project. I gave him an A. I'd never heard that one before. It was a great creative writing. You were just kind of into it. I mean, it was a great story, and I can't go there because God wants to give another perspective today of something else. I want to go back 2000, over 2,000 years ago when this portal was open. And this is what I mean by we're in a season. This is like a spiritual thing. It like opened up. It's like, like we celebrate Christmas, December 25th. It's on God's calendar. It's on the spiritual calendar. And so that's what I mean by this season. These things have happened for millennia ever since that time. And I just want to quickly go through, and I'm going to read. And so some of you are coming to our Christmas Eve service uh, Tuesday night. It's only one, it's barely an hour. We try to shoot for 45 minutes and have fellowship because we know you're all doing things at night. But um, we will be sharing. There will be some more things, wonderful things that happen in our candlelight service at night from 6 to 7. But I want to read a little bit of this. And I'll try to get through it quickly from a couple of perspectives. Two things were going on during this season. Um, And many of these things occurred on feast times. Okay? Passover, Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, and Tabernacles. So I want you to kind of think about that because those are, again, seasons on God's spiritual calendars when special windows are open in heaven and things are coming into the earth realm. Pastor prayed on earth as it is. You know, we all know the Lord's Prayer. Praying. We pray, Father. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. So these are specific seasons and I just want you to keep thinking about it. It's just not the holiday season. This is great spiritual season. And I've told you, this is the season of the impossible. This is the season of the impossible. This is the season when your hopes and dreams that were deferred for years and years are suddenly becoming realities to the point that you had thought this isn't going to happen in my lifetime and suddenly a manifestation of it happens. And you find out that you will see it. Remember Simeon, when Jesus was brought to the temple to be um, circumcised on the eighth day and presented to the Lord. Simeon had waited his whole life and God had told him that he would see the Messiah. See, this is what I mean. He lived his whole life. I mean, imagine, I don't know what Simeon looked like, but I always in my my mind's eye, I see him with this gigantic, like Santa beard, if you will. You know, this this beard. Because they weren't cutting their beards. They were long. 
And he was waiting, and he was praying, and he was holding on to it. And here, on the eighth day, comes in Joseph and Mary. And he was quickened in his spirit. He had a suddenly, and it was going to be in his lifetime. And the same with Anna. And there's so much in these stories. So I, if you have a quiet moment, just read the stories again. Because God will enlighten something new to you and make it real to your heart and to your life. So the season of the impossible, and we're going to read about Mary. But even before that started, it really started with John the Baptist during this season. And so Luke writes about it in the Word of God. And I want to contrast two things that happened between what happened to Zechariah and what happened to Mary when the angel of God appeared. Because I told you, this is the season of angels. The angels are moving around us. Gabriel himself came that year. So I'm looking at Luke 1, and and Zacharias had been in the temple. It was actually in June of that year. It was June time around uh, the time of Pentecost, and he'd been chosen by Lot to go in and present the incense on the altar before the Lord. And while he was in there, an angel appeared, and he was terrified because some of you may have seen angels. They, some angels just look like people. The word says, be careful how you entertain a stranger because you might be entertaining an angel. They look like humans. You would never even know they were angels. Some of you remember that old TV show, Touched by an Angel? You know, I mean, it just kind of gives you an idea. It's just way back in the day when we had this gigantic youth ministry, they were showing Touched by an Angel on Sundays. And we would all come here, and then about 25 of our youth would show up in my TV room that's really designed to, you know, hold about eight people. (laughs) And they would be wall-to-wall on the floor waiting for, I mean, grown people in their 20s waiting for Touched by an Angel. Just another encouragement to know that God is with us in that way all the time. So this begins in this story. And this angel shows up. And Zechariah is like terrified. And in verse 12 of Luke 1, it says, Luke chapter 1, Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. Okay, Zechariah was an old guy. He was way beyond, his wife was old. She was way beyond childbearing. And so right at this last minute in their life, I mean, he's doing his thing. He was loved, praise the Lord. They both got, they're old, they have gray hair. She has stopped, you know, the cycles. Nothing's happening with Elizabeth. It's not going to happen. She bore the shame of not having a child all those years, and having people talk about what was wrong, is there a sin, why didn't she get pregnant, because it was so important in those days to, to have children. There was always, they were thinking something's wrong. Something, somebody did something to cause this. But what did that angel say? He said, Zacharias, 
your petition. That means your prayer has been heard. Well, I imagine he'd been praying that prayer for how many years? Over and over and over with no results. Right? They were barren. They didn't have children. But that day, the angel says, your petition has been heard. Elizabeth is going to give you and bear you a son, and his name will be John. The story goes on, and he tells him what John is going to do and that he's going to go before and prepare the way for the Son of God to come forth. And that's going to be the great call on this child. And that was delayed because this, this is how God planned it. That is a miracle. That is impossible. In verse 18, and, and, and the angel's telling him all of it, but in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, this is his response. Well, how shall I know this for sure? How, how, I, I need some proof here. How am I going to be certain about this? He'd probably already been entertaining in his mind when he got out of there and he went to tell Elizabeth all about this and nobody would believe him. And what if I go and tell this story and it doesn't happen? Am I having a vision? Am I dreaming? Am I delusional? Am I an old man dreaming dreams? What? I've got to have some proof of this. I mean, yeah, I think this is happening, but imagine. This is such a surreal experience. And he says, how will I know for certain? I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. He's giving him the reasoning here. Let's look at the facts. I need some proof. He was looking for proof. He had some unbelief going on here. And the angel answered and he said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands before in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Is that enough proof for you? Come on. And then he goes on to say, And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which shall be fulfilled at the proper time. So the angel called him on. We don't have to surmise that he had unbelief. The angel told us, and they told him, you had unbelief. You didn't believe. Now at that time, they had a story written. They had a verbal history. They had scrolls written. Somebody else had a story like this. Who was that in the Old Testament? He had a word and he had something, a promise, and a story in his mind that could help him believe that this is possible. Who was it? It was Abraham and Sarah. She was old. It was, they were aged just like Zacharias and Elizabeth. But God did a miracle. 
Even Abraham and Sarah had a hard time believing it. But that's how we have the lineage. That's how we have the generations. All the way to Jesus. See, he wasn't pulling on that. He was looking at the facts of life. And sometimes, how many times am I like Zacharias? Yes, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. Because these are the facts staring me down. So we don't put him down. But his dealing with it was that he couldn't speak about it. So, of course, he came out of the temple. Everybody was there. He'd been in there a while. They were wondering what was going on. He comes out, and they know something was going on because of just how he looked, but he could not speak. He had lost his speech, and they didn't really know what the heck was going on. And so all this was going on. But guess what? Guess what? Verse 24, and after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in these days, when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Now, I want to tell you something. So now, that was June. And we're going in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, she was at five months then. The sixth month from June is December. Okay? We're in December. Six months of this going on. Just a Pentecost. Going through tabernacles. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Gabriel was sent six months later again. He's going to a different town. Zacharias, Zacharias and Elizabeth lived in Judah. It's a ways away. Somebody else lived in a little town of Galilee by the sea, a gigantic lake. He was sent to a virgin, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said, Hey, old favored one! Wow, that must have been terrifying. She's sitting in this little, you know, clay, dirt house, built with a dirt floor, undoubtedly. It's kind of a poor region. It wasn't a big city this little town. You stand at the south end of the Sea of Galilee and look up. It's on the left. It's a little town. Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement, and she kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, because you get afraid. Because when they've been standing in front of the holiness and the presence of God, they carry this thing on them, and it's terrifying. Because they're so holy. And we aren't accustomed to that. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name his name Jesus. That's the end of verse 31. So this is her response. He tells him he will be the son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary, this sounds like Messiah 101 here. The son of the living God? I'm just little Mary. I live in this little place, this one-room house. But in verse 34, this is what Mary said. This is her response to the same angel, Gabriel. I want you to see the difference, the perspective. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I am a virgin... Mary wasn't looking for proof. Mary was looking for understanding. How can this happen if I'm a virgin? She understood that it took a man and woman coming together to create a pregnancy. She's just asking information. I need understanding here. How, How can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And then he added this. And he said, Behold, even your relative Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. Mary was young, and Elizabeth was old. Mary knew the story of her cousin Elizabeth, who had been barren her entire life. Everybody knew they didn't have children. And he, be, he says, and behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she, who was, barren, who was called barren, is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. Mary's getting this word. It's a word of faith. Like, whoa. They didn't have cell phones. They couldn't just travel and find out what was going on. She didn't know that Mary was pregnant. Nobody knew that. And then the angel says, for nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. And Mary needed to understand that the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're not going to be with a man. It's going to be a virgin birth. And I'm telling you right now, nothing is impossible, and you need to know that your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant with John, and she's up there in Judah right now. She's old and decrepit, and nobody thought this could ever happen. And I'm just telling you right now, nothing is impossible with God. And so she's pregnant. She's six months along. She's not going to lose this baby. And you need to know that. Because what's going to happen to you is the impossible. Yet nothing is impossible with God. How awesome is that? Now Mary was allowed to ask the question for understanding. But she wasn't coming from a place of unbelief. We are not told that. He's giving her understanding. 
He's also giving her a word of encouragement. And sometimes we find ourselves in these predicaments and circumstances that are impossible. We've just been through one that has still got its impossibilities around it. But, you know, we've gone over a goal. And so we can take what we've just experienced and say, when we hit the next impossible, nothing is impossible with God. And we're moving on here. So I don't have time to read you all this story, but the next thing that happens is when she gets this news, Mary takes off and she goes to Judah, Judea, up there where her cousin is. And they go and they meet. And she hangs out with her. And there were other prophecies that the the babe in, in Elizabeth's womb would be filled with the Spirit. And so when Mary showed up at the doorstep, and they can't call ahead and say, Jeek, is it a good time for me to drop by? You just got to go. That's the way life was then. There weren't any uh, politically correct ways or, or protocols on how to visit somebody. You showed up. And, and so she comes in, and she's hurrying to get up there because it was definitely uh, over a day's journey to get up there walking. And it came about in verse 41 that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting at the door, Hey, Elizabeth! Elizabeth, are you home? Elizabeth, it's, it's Mary. And when Elizabeth heard her voice, in verse 41 it says, And it came about when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. And so here was another impossibility. We think that we, if we are going to be filled with the Spirit, we've got to come in here, somebody's going to lay hands on you, or you've got to pray, you've got to like repent. You know, you've got to do all these things to get the Holy Ghost to manifest and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But this is how it happened, right in the room, right in the womb of God. Right there, how awesome. And so Elizabeth is experiencing this. Now imagine, she's had six months, and not many people know she's going to have this baby, and she's six months along, and... You know, Mary only knew because the angel told her. And, I mean, when they all meet at the next feast or when they go to Jerusalem, she's, they're going to show up with this child, this child of promise. John was a child of prophecy and words. And, oh, my gosh, and she goes on. You have to remember the rest. But in verse 45, this is what she says. This is what Elizabeth says. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. That's what she told Mary. You believed. My husband didn't. You get it? You are blessed. You are favored. My husband's still silent. He can't talk. I'm sure he had done all sorts of um, charades. You know, we do charades. Can you guess this? And and all the things and he was ah, and the faces, whatever he was trying to convey about what had happened to him in the temple while he was lighting the incense to his wife. I mean, I'm sure he was intelligent to the whole, everybody in the world because he had a, a certain amount of shame. But we know that when John was eventually born, well, anyway, Mary hung out with her for about three months. So that would bring her right to the birth of John. And we, and we see that in... Um, the verse there. And when we go three months later, that takes us from December. What does that take us to? It takes us to Passover. John was born 
right around Passover that year. He was a Passover baby. Is that amazing? That's when he was his appointed time. Some of you were Passover Pentecost or Tabernacle babies around here. God has an appointed time for everything. Now, uh, let's see if there's something else. Yeah. And then in chapter 2, you know, John was born. His father's tongue was loosed. He could talk. They were about ready to dedicate him on the eighth day after he'd been born and circumcised him and present him to the table. This is John. And uh, they were going to name him after his father, Zacharias. And somebody said, and Mary said, no, we're going to name him John. Somehow, Zacharias had to have done sign language so she knew this. And they said, yeah, but there's nobody in your family named John. Like, why would you name them John? And at that moment, God opened Zacharias' mouth, and he could speak again. And he said, yes, he's going to be called John. And I was like, okay. And then Mary went home. She's three months pregnant. She's got what we call in today's world the baby bump. She's got a little baby bump. Okay? And she's got to come back and tell her family the news. She's telling them about Elizabeth. Well, this must must have helped her because imagine her story to her parents and Joseph, that the angel came and this all happened, and now she can go back. And she stayed with Elizabeth. John's been born, and she can tell the whole story. You know Zacharias was telling him everything. He was a motor mouth then. You couldn't stop. He's like, Lonnie is on this story. Uh, Psalm 139:16. If you're in his presence for three minutes, he's going to talk to you about it. Because he so wants you to understand God wrote something about you, and he's going to fulfill it. He's going to fulfill it. And so she could go back to home, and she could talk to her parents and tell them, Cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. I've been with her three months. John was just born, the baby. Here's the story. This is what happened. The same angel that came to me appeared to Zacharias, and this is what they said about John, and this is what, his, what, the, what God's going to do with him. And Mom and Dad, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you again. I don't have another story. My story and this baby bump is related to what I told you happened to me. Mom and Dad. I haven't shamed you. I said, let it be done to me according to thy will. I'll bear the shame, whatever. The point and the perspective I want you to hear today is we had two people with very different perspectives when God and an angel appeared. So if one appears to you, be careful. You can ask for information and understanding. But don't respond in unbelief because... You might not get to talk, and especially if you're a woman, that's going to really cause you a problem. Come on. (laughs) You're not going to have anything to say, and you're really going to not like that, ladies. But we're, we're kidding here, but this is the main. So we know, well, yeah, these are the things we don't want to do. This is the main thing. It's what Pastor has always been saying to you for a year. 
there is a story that God has written about you. There is a promise. I don't know if it involves a visitation of Gabriel. I I don't know, because God wrote the story. It may take you years of waiting for your promise. Mary had a right response, asking for information and believing and contending no matter what. Zacharias was in unbelief, but we got the same result. I want to tell you, when God has written your story, there might be some trips, some little twists and turns you could have avoided by your response. You might not have had to be silent like Zacharias was, but his unbelief at the time did not prevent the appointed time and the promise from coming to pass. I want you to understand this. When, when you have to make a decision or something, make the best one you can. Talk to God. Make the best one you can. But even if it wound up not being the right one, God is still on the throne, and he's going to give you the result at the appointed time. And he will do a Romans 8.28 and make all things work together for good for them who love God and are called according to his plan and to his purpose. He will make it work in spite of you. He made it work in spite of Zacharias' response of unbelief. I can't believe this. How can this happen? These are the facts. I've never heard of this before. Oh, I forgot about Abraham and Sarah, but that was them. This is me. Wait a minute. How can this be? God fulfilled the promise according to his plan and his word, and he will do the same thing in your life. Amen? That's the perspective I want you to know. Don't be so terrorized that you're going to make a wrong move because Abba doesn't operate like that. He is our father, and he's a good father. And yes, he will let you reach a a point of maturity to where he wants you to figure it out and press in to the things he's taught you so far. But he's right there, as Pastor said, God with us, Emmanuel. He's with you every step of the way. Even when you've made a horrible choice and you've gone opposite or you've thrown a promise away, he is with you directing traffic to get you back on course so that everything still goes according to plan. That is the word to you that he wanted to tell you today. He's with you. Whether you believe him or you don't. Open your heart to him today. If you have not asked Jesus Christ to come, I mean, it's it's a thing you do. It's a thing you do. Only you can do it. I can't do it for you. I can't say a prayer that um, Lonnie, uh, I, I can't say the prayer for Lonnie. Lonnie, can you receive Jesus Christ today in your heart as your Lord and Savior? Would you ask him to come sit on the throne in your heart and invade and, and just start having a relationship with him? You can have a relationship with him. And it's that simple. You ask him. And if you haven't really done it, if you thought that mom and dad was enough, 
or I go to church every Sunday because I go with my parents because they make me go. I've told you years ago, going to a rodeo doesn't make you a, a, a cowboy. And going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You understand? Just going to church on two, I, I go Easter and Sunday, I believe in God. That isn't the same. That isn't the same. I want you to know. It's between you and him. And you say, I don't know. I heard that crazy lady talking about these wild stories. I'm kind of like Zacharias. I, I find it hard to believe. But in spite of our unbelief, could you toy with it? Could you ask him to come into your life? Could you say, reveal yourself to me? And all it is is a simple prayer. Jesus, this is big. God, this is big. I believe in you, but I I want a more intimate relationship with you. I want you to talk to me like I heard Steve say. He kind of talked to him this morning while he was having coffee. Talking to him. Can you come and help me in this great big thing called life? Where I haven't, where I haven't made all the right choices. Help me, like Mary. Could you come and just explain it to me? Could you give me understanding? Because if this is so, I don't want to miss out. you're here today and you're thinking that just just with me as I'm, I'm saying this. As I repeat this prayer to him all the time. Come Lord, I need you. Lord, where are you today? I, somehow I'm not sure where the heck you are and I, I need you today. Come into my heart and reveal yourself to me. And talk to me. Jesus, you said on the day that I would seek you with all my heart and my soul and my mind that I would find you. You would let me find. It wouldn't be some hide-and-seek game that I could never find you. You said when I seek you, Lord, you would let me find you. God, I pray this for all of us today, Lord. We're, we're all praying, God, right now. Come. Um, Messiah, Christ, the living Son of God, come and live in us. Dwell in us. Anoint my ears so I can hear you speak to my heart in a small voice. simple. And if you've prayed that today, he will respond. I can guarantee that. Zacharias was looking for proof. I'll tell you right now, God will reveal himself. He will start opening up understanding to you in ways you've never thought before. And he will increase. 
in your life will increase in the abundant life. So, Father and Abba, God, Father God, Holy God, we thank you for your Son. We thank you for everything that you've done. We give you all the glory as we sang that song together today. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. We go on about our day, but we seal this with a holy kiss. And we we pray these prayers and we seal them with a holy kiss and in your name, Jesus. Name above all names. Say these prayers. May this word be sealed to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Laura. Linda, you want to come? Linda went up to the VA yesterday and decided she might want to.